0: Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, the greatest athletes in the world and the best advice in the world.
2: It's the most grueling event. Like you see at the end of our race that everybody kind of just falls across the line and is just laying laying out like a graveyard and
0: I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like download subscribe share we really appreciate it it really helps us out so our first guest can make a legitimate claim that he is one of the best athletes in the world and right now he's getting ready to try and prove that at the tokyo olympics this is decathlete devon williams so I, I probably shouldn't start with this question but i just kept thinking about this with 10 events how many pairs of shoes do you have to bring to the track with you?
2: Uh, I have about, I think I have about six shoes because um, some of, some shoes cross over events.
0: Do you have to bring like a lot of stuff with you? Like when you come to the track, like, oh man, that's a decathlete. Look at all that stuff he's got as compared to like the sprinter. It's
2: really, it's really easy to spy decathlete because we, all of us have our own suitcases that is just full of like our spikes um, snacks to snack on throughout the day, water, Gatorade, all kinds of stuff. But it's it's really easy to spot one in the airport because we'll be the ones carrying like a big 20-foot bag of pole vault poles over our shoulder. I have a suitcase in the other hand and a carry-on bag on our back. Like it's it's a sight to see.
0: <laughs> How Now, did you, when you started your career, like did you, I'm going to be a decathlete or did you just transition into it later?
2: Well, I've been running track since I was about 7 or 8 years old. Um so back then I was when I was just getting started I was kind of like a 100, 200, 400 runner. Um and then over time like I just progressed into the hurdles and then from that I progressed into the decathlon uh, which at the time it was the pentathlon which is five events. Um because at that point I was kind of already I was already doing the sprints, I was already hurling um and I was already doing like long jump so my dad was just kind of like, you're already doing all these events. You might as well just try the pentathlon and do them all together.
0: Is that how kind of most athletes, most decathletes get into it? Like they transition at an early age or do most decathletes like, hey, I'm in the hundred meter and I'm right at elite level, but I can't quite get to like suit. I can't I can't do the hundred meter full time, but right. I could do decathlon. Is that how that works?
2: I think it depends where you come from. So. Um, some of my teammates are from Estonia and they grew up doing the decathlon. Um, I don't believe they started off doing like one event. I think they just kind of started off training for the whole multi-event. Um, whereas usually in America, most people don't find out about the decathlon until like they're older. So a lot of us, we start out doing just singular events. Um, and then either like you realize you're good at a lot of them and then decide to do the whole thing or um, just kind of slip into it, just having fun and say, Oh, I want to try that. Um, not, I don't think too many people like in America grow up doing the decathlon or pentathlon.
0: Okay. Put all humbleness aside, Like <laughs> why are you good at
2: it? Uh, I think just years of being in the sport um, and just having a background in so many other events. At one point, when I would run summer track on my dad's club, um I would be doing the decathlon, so that's ten events plus the open events that I was already doing. so that's the one ten hurdles. I was doing the four hundred hurdles and the long jump. so in a weekend, I might be doing thirteen whole events so and his kind of thought process behind that was just like getting more practice in doing like hurdle races and just competing more um so by the time I got to college. I was like, what do you mean I can't like do hurdles and do this in addition to the decathlon? Like when I when I got to college, I kind of became just a decathlete. So that was kind of like taking some of the load off. But to answer your question, I guess more directly, I don't really know why I'm, why I'm good at it. I mean, I grew up playing almost every sport and my dad was kind of the coach of almost all of the sports I played. So I kind of grew up as the coach's son and kind of grew up with that pressure to kind of like do stuff um, even away from the playing field, like at home, just like doing extra workouts. So I kind of always grew up with the motivation um, to be great and always grew up wanting to be an athlete. That was all I wanted to do growing up. So I think just kind of a mix of all that kind of just made me progress over time uh, and get better. So I guess maybe that plays a part.
0: What's like your typical training week look like? Are you just I'm at the track from eight a m until eight p m every day, or is it more recovery based because you gotta do so much stuff?
2: um It's actually not as long as probably a lot of people would think um, Our practices usually take about two maybe a little over two hours depending on the day. Um, our weight room sessions usually last about an hour hour and a half um and our track sessions are usually like two hours um but we usually try to do depending on the day, through like three or four events a day. Uh, So we kind of just touch on a lot of the events throughout the week. Um, You know, if we're doing long jump, we might just get a few approaches in. You know, we're not trying to like overdo any event. We're kind of just continuously working on things. Um, But then moving on to the next thing, just so we can kind of roll through everything. Hardest and longest days are usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then Tuesday and Thursday are usually like the days that we lift and do like a throw. so shot put. Or something um and then the weekend all we do is lift uh like a quick lift session uh so we we work six days out of the week and then on sunday it's usually just like our rest day um i guess it's it's typically it's considered like a recovery day but really every day is a recovery day like we have to do something recovery wise every day after practice um but sunday is kind of just like a relaxed day
0: do you have to like balance out the way that your body works right like let's say you're i'm just making stuff up your shot put's not as great as you wanted it to be but if you improve your shot put then do you transition your body so that you're not as good at sprinting like is that something that you guys have to kind of plan around like you can't really train this event that much because it'll screw up the other events
2: uh kind of in a way um not necessarily shot put but we kind of take that approach with um 1500. That's our that's the 10th event, uh, in the longest and the longest race. So, that event we don't do a lot of uh long distance training because every other thing in the decathlon is fast twitch. So, we usually train the fast twitch, um, and then kind of just touch on um the longer distance. So, a lot of people when I say like we run the 1500, they think that to train for that, you just run miles and miles, um, but that's not the case. We Usually we'll do like two laps at our race pace. So whatever we want to come through the fifteen or whenever we run the fifteen hundred, whatever we want to come through uh at the eight hundred mark, we practice that pace and practice. So that we get in a race, that pace is familiar to us. Rather than just running miles and miles and miles, yeah, you might build up your stamina, but you're not really practicing like your race execution pace, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It kind of a little bit sounds like we train for fast twitch and then we just, man, we just hope when we get to the 1500 that we can get through it. Like,
2: If you train the slow twitch muscles too much, then your fast twitch will suffer. You just kind of have to think about it from, okay, most of these events that we do require you to be fast twitch, but for the 1500, it's just all endurance. So we do practice endurance, but it's not like we just don't. Run miles and miles just to train for the 1500 it's kind of just more of like a get used to the pace kind of perspective
0: when you're in the event right you're at the top tier event is it all out every single event or do you try to just like okay this is gonna this is enough for me to do this place and this event and that's all I need and I'm gonna save the rest for the next one
2: it's pretty much all out when you're in competition um, as the Catholics we all try to Pass our personal best, so that's pretty much our goal. Every competition is just doing better than you did last time so um it's not so much about the place that you come in each event it's more about how well did you do it uh, because the decathlon is based on points, so you can come in first in four out of ten events, but then if the other six events are terrible, you're not gonna place high at the end of the decathlon so it's, it's really about just. Being consistent and um, trying to limit bad performances in each event.
0: Yeah. No. Are you big for a decathlete? Small for a decathlete? Average for a decathlete?
2: The athletes like, come in all shapes and sizes. It's, really? Yeah, because there's, there's so many events. So there's people that are on the bigger side, and they usually shine in like all the throwing events. Um, some of them can run pretty fast, but then a lot of bigger guys suffer in the 1500 or like the longer running stuff. But then you have, you know, smaller guys who are super quick, but they might not throw as far, but they can run the 15 because they're light and they have a lot of endurance. So it's just kind of, I think it's all based on the athlete. And however the athlete performs at their best. So if they perform better when, you know, they're all bulked up, um, that's, how they perform better if, if they perform better when they're leaner um if that's where they're more comfortable then that works for them but it's just it's kind of all up to um the individual athlete
0: wikipedia says you're 6'3 is that right yeah like really 6'3 or are you like 6'2 and a half? and you lied to somebody and said 6'3
2: <laughs> well if you go to the doctor i'm probably 6'2 something but when i have shoes on i'm 6'3 that's
0: that's the official american count <laughs> with yeah. shoes on right
2: yeah.
0: obviously like getting ready for Tokyo 2021, is that, how does that work? Like, is there a a qualifying process for the United States team? And then you go to Tokyo or what, you got to hit a point total or like, how does that work out?
2: Yeah. So um, for for the United States, we all have to reach um, a point standard. Um, And then on top of that, we have to qualify. We have to place within the top three places at the Olympic trials in June. So the United States is kind of not unique but different from some other countries because uh, other some other countries you can, you know, just get the Olympic standard and then you're just automatically on the team of that country to go to the Olympics. But for the United States, you can hit the point standard, but then you still have to go to the trials and qualify inside the top three. So,
0: Are you nervous? Man, I'd be like – I'd be just <laughs> –
2: uh, yeah, I think everybody kind of has those nerves just because it is like the the major dream of a lot of us uh, because it's our Super Bowl. We don't have a Super Bowl every year for us. Our Super Bowl comes every four years. Uh, we do have the world championships every two years. But um, I mean, the, the dream is to be an Olympian. So it does add some pressure to it. But I think that's kind of where experience comes in. And just knowing that you knowing what you've done in the past and having faith in your your coach and your training, um, I think that helps kind of settle the nerves a little bit. But the nerves are are definitely a, a natural thing.
0: Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Let's do it. Hardest event for you and that what overall decathletes would say is the hardest event?
2: Fifteen hundred, hands down.
0: No question. Not like that's an immediate
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's the 10th event, and it's the most grueling event. Like, you see at the end of our race that everybody kind of just falls across the line and is just laying, laying out like a graveyard, and, um, yeah, 1,500 for sure.
0: Easiest event?
2: Uh, for me, the hurdles, because that's, like, my most natural event. Uh, I would say just kind of like a more over overarching easiest event. Um. No disrespect to like any people that do this event, um, just in the individually, but probably the shot put it, just because I would say that's like the least technical event out of everything that we do.
0: If you were to look at the events and say, like, okay, obviously you're very good at all of these events, but which event are you generally like farthest or decathletes in general are usually the farthest from the best in the world? Like, which event are decathletes usually the most? behind the olympians who are there specifically for that event
2: i mean probably there's probably a lot of them um just depending on how you compare people because you know there's some people in certain events that can run with the best of them in the world but then you look at like the rest of the decathletes and that might not be their strong event Um, but i would probably say shot put
0: (laughs) yeah that's kind of not really fair right like those are some big dudes
2: Exactly, um, and also the fifteen hundred I think those guys I mean all of them run under four minutes, uh, but all of us are usually there's some good fifteen hundred meter runners that kind of run like low four minutes, but most of us are kind of running that four twenty to four forty range, um, which isn't really acceptable for if you're like an open fifteen hundred meter runner
0: I don't know what the like the Greek word would be for eleven, but if you could add an event to the decathlon, what would you add?
2: That's a good question. I'll probably add the 200. I used to run the 200 when I was a kid. Um, and I remember that at one point was my favorite event.
0: What event do you forget is in the decathlon?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't think I forget any of the events at this point. Um, yeah, I think I am pretty much got it all down.
0: I was wondering, like, oh, yeah, I forgot we got to do that. <laughs> Gotta do that uh, tomorrow. Nah,
2: at, at this level, it's kind of hard to forget.
0: Right, right. I guess when you do it professionally, you tend to you, you tend to remember these things. <laughs> Better to be stronger or faster?
2: They go hand in hand so much. But if I had to choose, probably faster because a, every event in the decathlon is based on speed. So there's some events that you can solely just rely on your speed to kind of just carry you in the event, whether it be the hundred the long jump um, hurdles. So I'll probably go with uh, speed.
0: We interviewed a uh, two table tennis Olympians before a couple of weeks ago, and they said that that China is basically the country when it comes to table tennis ping pong. Like They haven't been beaten in 21 years. Is Word. there a country for decathlon? Like, oh man, here comes the guys from...
2: I would say the top countries historically have been... The the U.S., um, Germany, Canada has been strong. I think those are like the top ones usually.
0: What did you think about? Did you see DK Metcalf run?
2: Yeah. yeah what did you it, think about that? I was surprised. I was shocked. Honestly, um, I didn't know he had been training for the the one hundred. I thought it was just like a a thing that he just jumped into the race. He's like, oh, I'm fast, so I'm just going to jump into the race. Uh, he actually looked really good. Like I didn't think he would get out that well out of the blocks because in the 100, that's pretty much the whole race right there. Is If you get out, that sets up the rest of your race. But if you mess up your start, there's really no coming back from that. Um, but he got out really good um, and ran a faster time than I thought he would run.
0: I think the most impressive thing that I personally saw about that is afterwards – when they showed him in the interview and the other guy looks like a child next to him. I was yeah. like, Holy,
2: that's, yeah, that's he, a that, big dude. Like a beast. Yeah. At the starting line, like they took a picture of him and then like everybody else that was on the line with them. And everybody just looks like high schoolers.
0: If, if I was a defensive back, I would retire.
2: <laughs> You'd <be> like, mm-hmm, <laughs>
0: dude, I'm not doing that.
2: <laughs> right. and he got pads on too in the game. So he looks even bigger. That's but scary. also like, it's that effect that, you know, when he looks big, in football games too, but it has that same effect that when you look at football players playing a game, I mean, they're all pretty much the same size. Yeah. But then you put a football player on the track with track guys, that's when it looks really different. Um, So, but yeah, that was funny.
0: Okay, man. Here's the big one. Are decathletes the best athletes in the world?
2: For sure. I mean, by definition, we run at a high level. We jump at a high level. We throw at a high level. We're the most versatile athletes, um, and by definition, that would make us the, the the world's greatest athletes. I mean, no disrespect to like basketball players like LeBron, like great basketball players, but I don't think being a great basketball player makes you the greatest athlete. I think being able to do a lot of different things at a very high level. I think that makes you the world's greatest athlete. And by definition, that would make the athletes the, the, world the world's greatest athletes.
0: I think one of your friends submitted this one. Are you actually a better athlete than your sister?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know what friend that was, but me and Kendall, yeah, we've never like compared ourselves to each other. Uh, we don't have that sibling rivalry. Um, and we never did. Like we just grew up always supporting each other. I always tell people, like, if I had a brother, I'm sure we'd have the sibling rivalry and I would definitely be better than my brother. But my sister, my little sister at that, like, there's, there's no comparison between us. Um, we don't like to compare ourselves to each other. Uh, we just like to kind of push each other and, and just be the great athletes that we are individually.
0: Um, anything else you think we missed or anything else you want to add or anything like that?
2: Um, no, I think I'm good. Um, I have my own brand, Me Versus Me. It just, it represents kind of my mindset Uh, And also the mindset of decathletes, too. Um, Like I told you earlier, we kind of just we all compete against ourselves and our own personal scores. Um, And that's kind of what makes the decathlon a unique event compared to all the other events is that, yeah, we all want to win, but we're not out there to just beat each other. Um, That's not what it's about. It's about doing the best that we can in each of our individual events along our decathlon um, and then ending up with the highest score that we can at the end. Um, so that's kind of one of the means behind my brand, me vs me. Um, and whoever wants to support, they can go to shockmvm.com. Um, have a little bit of everything on there and yeah.
0: I want to thank Devin so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him at our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included his information in the episode description. He's a really nice guy, a really cool, nice guy. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Okay, so my question for you is kind of a complicated one. When you go to, like, a donut shop or a deli and you see the row of T-bone steaks, do you say to the guy, I want that specific one? Like, no, 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 no. I don't want that T-bone steak. I want that one, the second one from the right.
1: Uh, No, because uh, at a very young age, I determined that I don't want to be that kind of person. Yeah. It's, it takes a kind of person, doesn't it? Yeah. Like who, who are you to, you know, to, to say, Hey, I want that steak. That's third in and the second row. Does the person at the counter look at you and think like, Ooh,
0: I'm going to get this guy, the good one. Or do you think the person at the counter, like, look at this guy, I'm going to give him the shitty one. Mike, watch this.
1: I've actually had stories or been in situations where I can just tell they're fucking with me. Like, I just know it. You know what I mean? Or like if you're at the, at a drive through somewhere and they, they give you, you know, you, you get your bag and you drive off and there's something missing. I always think like they do it to me on purpose because I just look like that person that you'd want to, to do that to.
0: I think a lot of people didn't know that they could see you in drive throughs and they can generally hear pretty much everything you're saying.
1: The 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 hearing I kind of just I always thought about, but the I I did not know there was a camera attached to the speaker at most restaurants until uh, Starbucks one time actually, and I got called out on it, and uh, that was the end of me being a, a douchebag in drafters.
0: What do you mean you got called out? <laughs> why are you given Why are you giving service workers a hard time? Does that make you feel like a big man?
1: It, it's like it's like uh, which we haven't talked about in a while. Surprisingly, it's like my parking lot anxiety. I also get anxiety at certain drive thru's, and Starbucks is one of them. And because my wife just can't order like an iced coffee with, you know, two and two, she has to get like the half calf at 25 degrees Celsius with, you know, milk from uh, a cow that was imported from Australia. So one time while trying to recite what she was saying, I flubbed it up so bad that I was just like, fuck this. And like, I, I made, I might've made a a terrible hand gesture, uh, towards the, not towards the, like the person that I was talking to just in general, like, you know, and, uh, when we got up to the window, the, the barista was like, you know, you know, <laughs> sir, you should really be careful, uh, you know, wh- what you're doing when ordering because we have cameras Wow. Yeah. She was very nice because, I, like I said, I wasn't doing it to her. I was, like, more mad at my wife that, you know, in the end it was my fault for being, you know, being an idiot because I can't talk.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it just kind of sounds like you had a bad day and screwed up a very simple coffee order and got mad at somebody else when you should have been mad at yourself for not paying attention to what your wife is
1: saying. It's not simple. Uh, Maybe it's simple to people who order it all the time. There's
0: no way there's more than six things involved in it, right? And she's also right next to you, I'm assuming. You could just ask for clarification. I just
1: get flustered because first you wait a half an hour for a cup of coffee that I can make at home. It's this whole thing. Okay,
0: right. so this is a whole thing, right? Yeah, so you have you're thing. prejudiced against – so basically your anxiety ah, with dealing with drive throughs is because you're prejudiced against the drive-thru before you even get there. <laughs> like you're, if you're the first yeah. one in line, it's smooth sailing. You got to get a cup of coffee black. You're still <laughs> pissed off as soon as you get in there. You sound like my wife, man.
1: Yeah, You're, like, well, that's you're just exactly looking for something
0: to, to complain about, right? You're pointing the finger at everybody else when you should be pointing the finger at yourself. I think it's time I think it's time for you to do some growing about this. <laughs> now, is it specifically Starbucks that you get anxiety about going through the drive through or are there other fast food slash restaurant
1: locations that give you anxiety? I mean any coffee shop first off, but that you know, Duncan, Starbucks, uh Tim Hortons, even though I don't really go there. Uh Culver's. I don't know if you've ever had or heard of Culver's. Yeah, dude. I've heard of Culver's, uh, okay. But terrified of that place. Um and then really any, any like drive up, like, you know, you order online and drive, like you have to walk mm. in and get it. Yeah. Hate that. Just hate it. I get a little
0: bit, I get a little bit anxious when in and out is really busy and they've got like the dual thing going where there's like a window, another window, and then there's a person who comes out to your car because they're that busy. That gives me a little drive-through anxiety. Sonic. I don't, I don't like ordering at the Sonic, it's just weird because you got to reach way out there, press <laughs> the button. <laughs> I don't yeah, enjoy I that experience.
1: And I, I have a rule now that, because uh, you know, obviously the pandemic hit, we're still in it, uh, and I haven't, I haven't been out at all. So I, uh, but before then, I, I had another bad experience late at night at a Taco Bell, uh, where pretty much they threw the food at me, and uh, I said, you know what, I'm just not going to go to fast food restaurants after like eight thirty. Why did they throw the food at you? Was it your fault or their fault? Uh, I I just didn't think they gave a shit. It was like one thirty. I was like one of the last cars. And uh, first of all, I,
0: this again is your fault. If you're going to Taco Bell at one thirty in the morning and expecting pristine service, and this isn't against Taco Bell, this is anybody. <laughs> if you're going to a place at one thirty in the morning and expecting them to like wrap a bow around your burrito, that's your fault.
1: It's it's not. Your it's expectations not that. are ridiculous. I I first off, I, I don't want to. I understand the time and the circumstances, but at least put the lid on my Nacho Bell Grande before you hand me the bag sideways, knowing it's going to spill on me.
0: Okay, well, it is Taco Bell at one thirty in the morning. Like there I'm may gonna, be some over, there may be some. <laughs> let's call it both parties are I to mean,
1: blame, right? Yeah, your sure, expect, well, thank like, you.
0: They they should have done a better job, but your expectations are ridiculous. At the same time,
1: with Starbucks, I will say it's like it's like uh, going to a car dealership for me. I already have a preconceived notion of what it's going to be before I even get there. So I'm already negative. Good.
0: Always judge things. Judge things before you know anything about it. That's a good life Maybe, lesson.
1: Anyone listening to this, you know our <laughs> social media handles. Tell me if, if you actually look forward to going to the car dealership. There, I would argue there's not one person, truthfully, that looks forward to going to a car dealership.
0: No, probably not. okay. anyway, are you ready? Let's move on.
1: <laughs> well, that was easy. yeah, so uh, let's let's give some shout outs, and this week, um, I tried doing X because last week you said x is impossible. Uh, we only have six, so what the hell are you talking about are we, Are we moving on to the to the uh, the shout outs?: Yeah, but what are you talking about? Last week, you went through, you know, we went through letters of of initials because I'm just going to start doing it, you know, an initial, an episode now. Last week was J. Okay. You said that X would be impossible.
0: Hold on. Hold on. I can feel my subscriber list blowing up because of this decision.
1: You're the one who gave me the idea. I didn't think you were going to take it seriously. (laughs) I take everything you say seriously. Uh, That's why I got a tattoo (laughs) of your name on my ankle. Anyways. Uh, so, anyways, we're doing Z this this episode. So, appreciate y'all. Here we go: uh, Zachary, Zahir, Zane, another Zane, but spelled Z A Y N. Hmm. Uh, Zachariah, that's Z E, not Z A. Uh, hmm. Zelly, Zena, but once again, it's a Z, not an X. Uh, Zoe, Zoo. And that's Z-U, and then uh, Zyka, Z-Y-K-A. So appreciate all of you out there that uh, checked us out and uh, continue to do so on a weekly basis. So
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting.
1: There, there, there it is. Uh, all right. Uh, so let me see here, Nick. Uh, you, you've heard that expression, it's better to be lucky than good? Yes. Yes, I have. Let's break it down. Would you rather be lucky or would you rather be good?
0: Well, I'd rather be lucky as you think about it, right? Like you'd rather be lucky. This is my whole rant that you've somehow managed to tap into that. No matter what you're looking at, it's basically all based around luck, right? Like take LeBron James. Why is LeBron James LeBron James? Cause he got lucky and won the genetic lottery. Like, and he works hard. He does all these things, but that's, you just got lucky from that standpoint, right? It's, it's always better to be lucky than good. The, the, the world is full of people who are good at things who are probably just as good at things as the people who are far more successful in the same field. The only difference is one got lucky and one didn't. So lucky, it's way better to be lucky.
1: Well, that, uh, you are right. I did not expect to tap into uh, the rant there. but Oh, uh, that's
0: my whole thing, right?
1: Basically, our
0: entire lives is just built around luck. No If you just kept taking it back, like, why is, why is this person here? Why is this person here? Why would they do that? Ultimately, it just comes down to they were born with just pure genetic talent they were born into a circumstance in which they were able to like tap into resources or they just happened to be at the right time pretty much all life is based around luck and you sometimes you just get screwed
1: once again i think our our uh, top five we might hit on that a little bit later but uh so keep, stick, stick around stick around that's that's a a preview uh and then uh, yeah. if, if if you were a su- superhero what do you think uh your superhero name would be? Like Midget Boy or uh Napoleon? Like what what do you think?
0: Five, eight, and three quarters. Let's remind you about that.
1: Um I know I don't am putting you on the spot, it's kinda hard. That's a
0: hard one.
1: Well what's my superpower? It depends on what my superpower is. I mean I'm what are you you're you're what a transporting guy, is that what you say you like or flying? What well, what's your superpower that you like the most? Oh, well, you would go with flight, right? I mean, I would go swimming underwater, which gets a lot that's, of criticism. Which is still the stupidest idea in the world.
0: Right, I'd rather be able to hold my breath for a long time than fly. That's a
1: good idea. By some friends who listen to this podcast of mine who said, that's the dumbest thing we've ever heard, so. What, the, the ability to
0: <laughs> swim underwater? Yeah, it's yeah, a so, stupidest... like, Where would you go, you dumbass? There's nowhere to go. That's the problem. You could just like, oh, watch this. I'm going to swim underwater from Florida... To the United Kingdom, great. What are you going to see there? Just more water. You could fly, which would be much more fantastic, and you're not wet. I I just think it would be great. I, I I you know I think about that. Like think about that if you were traveling and you had a choice between traveling, you could fly with a superpower or you could zoom underwater. If you were chose the superpower to zoom underwater, like you got to bring all kinds of shit with you, right? Because you can't be wearing the clothes <laughs> that you got, so you got to pack other clothes for you when you get there and they got to be in a waterproof thing like think of how much of a pain in the ass it is to travel underwater when you think that that's a great superpower to be able
1: to hold your breath and travel underwater i i was not and actually if we were to redo the list of of, of top five superpowers we wish we had or whatever i probably wouldn't put that as my number one though i still think personally it's the thing i would want to do the most i don't think i'd put it at number one
0: okay, okay. that's yeah I don't. I have no idea what my superhero name would be, and I can't even think of anything. What would yours be?
1: It would probably be like Rhino it's, Man or or Rocket Boy or I look, don't know.
0: I I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to bring this up. But I think that if you had your chosen superpower of being able to tra- travel underwater, oh my God. and your current um, physical body type, which is shall we say is pear shaped, I think. The blue whale
1: wouldn't be, oh my an, god. No. or something. The, man- the water hippo, whatever the manatee. You would be the manatee. The sea cow. I can, I could get along with that. I could do the sea cow. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! Could you imagine showing up
0: to like the Hall of Justice or whatever the superhero group is, and you're like, "Hey, who are we missing? Oh, we're missing the sea cow.
1: <laughs> we can go ahead and start without him. <laughs> Listen, if there's any movie directors out there that are looking for a screenplay. Sorry.
0: The manatee. Would you rather have the superpowers of a manatee or a hippo?
1: Oh, a hippo, man. Yeah, a hippo. I mean, I don't know how aggressive the manatees are like in the wild, but I don't think they are. (laughs) I don't
0: think they are either. I think they're quite dumb. (laughs) Yeah, I'd go hippo. Would you rather go manatee or sloth? Manatee, because I like water. Yeah, manatee. Yeah, I'd actually rather be... like, Even if you were the superhero legion of Hall of Justice or whatever... And like, hey, guys, we're waiting on the sea cow and the dung beetle. Like, oh, well, let's wait for the dung beetle to show up. But we don't need the sea cow guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. They'd be like, where's the sea cow guy? Then I would like, you know, come walk in.
0: Knocking on the window, trying to get in. Like, I don't have the code. Don't worry (laughs) about it. There's a boat out here. Let
1: me in. No, oh, too soon.
0: I'd be the flying squirrel. I'd probably be something along the, I'd be something because of my size, right? I would probably be something along the lines of the flying squirrel.
1: Yeah, but you're more like a muskrat, you know, or an opossum. You're like a.
0: Honestly, like a I'd be the
1: creature. muscle hamster. <laughs> right. There you go. I like that. I would that. be the, the muscle hamster. hamster. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be right. me. We got the sea cow and the muscle
1: hamster. <laughs> Don't know why anyone listens to this. Okay. All right, are you going to try your current events thing, or did you give that up already? No, I mean, I have something, but you're going to hate it, I think. But who knows? Okay. Uh, right. So okay. it's it's playoff season, right? We're getting back oh, to normal. Jesus uh, the NBA playoffs.
0: Okay. okay. It's funny
1: you brought up LeBron earlier, because that's who I wanted to ask you about. Uh, playoff game, or play-in playoff game, one team wins, they go to the playoffs, right? Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It was LeBron versus Steph Curry, Warriors okay. and Lakers. LeBron got poked in the eye first quarter, had to leave for uh, two and a half quarters, whatever. Came in, last uh, second half, hit the game-winning shot. You know, he's the hero again. So my question to you, it's kind of a two-parter question. One is, do you think he was overplaying, being poked in the eye? You know, LeBron James, of course, he gets poked in the eye, leaves, then he comes back and, and is the superhero. Like, my question to that is, a lot of people say that sports are often scripted, whether I don't believe that, but that is an argument to be made. Do you think there was any hint of that? going on in this game where, you know, you have the almighty LeBron gets poked in the eye, finger poke of doom. These are two quarters, comes back, wins the game for his team.
0: No, I don't think that, I mean, maybe there's chances where they're scripted, but if I'm writing out a script and somebody comes to me, if I'm LeBron James and someone comes to me with the script, and it's like, okay, here's where he pokes you in the eye. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. Well, let's not do that. Right? Like, can can he like Charlie horse me? How about we have him Charlie horse me? Right, because I, I don't want to mess with getting poked in the eye. I was like, no, I, no, no, Bron, it's got to be the eye. He's got to poke you in the eye. <laughs> like, couldn't he, like, push me and, like, I fall into the goalpost? Like, I well, just think that if if you're going to come up with the idea that this might be a script, like, let's at least come up with a script that's better.
1: The person who did poke him in the eye is considered one of the league's, I don't know what you want to Best call eye it, pokers?
0: Is he uh, notorious for it, his eye poking?
1: Forcers, tough guys. I don't know. Draymond Green. That's
0: who did it. Uh, right, but that's know. what I'm saying is like if you're going to script it. Hey LeBron, hey Draymond, let's sit down. Let's figure this out. They're uh, not going to be like, Hey Draymond, do you think you can <laughs> poke him in the eye? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's, he's going to be moving pretty fast. Like I don't know if I want to try to poke him in the eye. And LeBron's going to say what? Like I don't think I really want to get poked in the eye. Hey, how about the Le- Draymond? How about you just like knee him in the in the leg? oh, okay, I can do that, no problem, right? So if you're scripting it, there's just a much easier script than the way that it would happen. That's what I'm saying.
1: I I don't disagree with you. I also want to know that I think I did a good job of my three things because you went on three mini rants. So I did did my job. Right. Listen, this is episode 150, all right? Fire me now. So let me me go so I can live my life in peace. Let Russ cook. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Just let him cook.
0: Let him cook means let him do their thing, I guess. Okay, so speaking of that, it's 150 episode. I think that's a natural transition into – we want to thank everybody who's supported us over the 150th episode. And I think one of the ways we can do that is to look back and share some of the life lessons that John and myself have learned over our time being alive. So these are our top five life lessons that we have learned so far. What's your number five?
1: Uh, my number five is I have, uh, money isn't, isn't King money, you know, life is life. Money is good for certain things, but it should not, it should not run your life. It should not, uh, you know, me personally, I found myself a, a lot of times getting into arguments, things like that won't go into long stories, but, uh, you know, regarding financial things, it's, 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 you gotta live, right? I mean, money should not run your life.
0: I don't think that anybody is going to disagree with that statement in theory, but in practicality, like man, it's pretty hard to be happy when you're uh, living in your car.
1: It it is, and I get it, and I, I can speak from someone who who's been on the short end of a lot of financial things in my life. That you know, Gambit. so I don't, I don't want people, I don't want people out there to think like, oh, you know, he's has no idea what it's like. I've been there. It's it's you know, it's hard to see in the moment, but money's not everything. It just isn't.
0: There is actually been some studies done that show that people get happier up until they make, and it varies depending on like where you live, cost of living, but people get happier until they reach like a $70,000 income. And then their level of happiness beyond that does not increase, right? Like once you're financially stable, that you can provide for things, having more money doesn't really
1: make you happier. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that a hundred percent.
0: Okay, uh, my number five is you can never have enough towels. Always, uh, if there's a chance, if there's a sale on towels, always buy some towels. You can never have enough towels.
1: I almost have a two list. Like, I almost created a list like this, but I didn't. Now I'm kicking myself. But yes, you can never have enough towels. Or like enough good towels.
0: No, you can always and right like but you don't want to get too good because sometimes you get those really thick towels that they this it takes like they're nice and soft and comfortable but they take fucking forever to dry and that's a pain in the
1: ass <laughs> like is. you
0: won't ne- you can never have enough moderately priced towels
1: That is true that's uh I don't even know where you right? would go to get like good towels like Walmart? Oh you go to Target oh, I'm Target Yeah where else Pretty sure I've had Target towels and they're not the greatest Well you don't get the really
0: expensive ones you get the mid-level towel
1: <laughs> That's, I'm pretty sure I was getting the below mid-level. Towels are like
0: Mexican food. You don't want to get the really expensive stuff. The really cheap stuff will work out just fine. It does its job, but you got to be a little. You got to be a little wary. <laughs> okay, what's your number four?
1: Ah, uh, you got to take chances. You got to. Oh yeah. Don't be. That's don't, a good one. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to. Especially when you're young and dumb, and most people can afford to do that kind of stuff. Just do it, man move or do that extra shot or sleep that extra hour do it while you can still have some flexibility in your life
0: right before you get our age and your whole life is
1: crushed by other human beings that are smaller than you <laughs> that don't care about you they at don't all. give a fuck they don't about you. care less about me
0: all he wants is some, like oh i get a hug today he just wants chocolate milk <laughs> that's okay that's fine
1: my daughter my oldest daughter has developed this thing where she thinks it's funny to punch daddy in the no, no area. I would like yeah. to encourage
0: her to do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, <laughs> she, she, yeah, yeah, she does. And it, it hurts. It's not fun. So
0: no, dude, everybody that that's a good life lesson that everybody should know is like, it really gets hurt to get punched in that area. Uh, my number four is always drink water before you pass out. <laughs> right? Like if you're going to go out for a night of drinking, you should have a big glass of water like right next to your bed or your couch, wherever you're going to pass out, you should chug
1: that whole thing. And that will really help you with a hangover the next morning. That That's probably the best thing you can do to prevent hangovers. Not all the medicine in the, the next morning. And it's basically just dehydration. Or, yeah. Yeah. You just hydrate or just don't go to sleep and just keep drinking till the morning.
0: Right. Just stay up. Turn <laughs> that hangover into a party over. Oh no, boy. I guess it's eventually, Still a hangover. Okay, what's your number three?
1: Be gracious and courteous, and uh, and you you never know uh, you never know who you're talking to or what they've gone through or things. So just you know, treat others as you would hope to be treated yourself.
0: Okay, I agree with that. My number three is uh, stay away from women and alcohol. <laughs> oh, it'll man. always come back to bite you in the ass in the end. Definitely. One way or another, it's always, yeah, I don't care how much fun you had. I don't care how much fun 22-year-old had with this chick, this supermodel that just happened to, like, have broken up with her boyfriend and was having a bad day, and there you came walking in. <laughs> it's gonna bite your ass in the end. Yeah. At
1: some point,
0: it's I, gonna catch up to you. Women and alcohol
1: always <laughs> does. I'm. We're just going to put a stamp on that. I'm going to move on to my number two here, which is uh, just you, just be patient. Life moves so fast, man. Don't get, you know, try to be patient. Try to enjoy it. I, 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 for one, don't follow that, by the way. But I wish I did. I wish I'd slowed down more and enjoyed life a little bit more. Be, just be patient.
0: Okay. My number two is just buy the nicer version of something. Like, if it's something that you're going to have for a while, <laughs> buy the slightly nicer version of it. Like a vacuum cleaner. You can get the one that's oh, 90 yeah. bucks, but you should get the one that's 140 If I, you're going to be using this for, like, years plus potentially, get the nicer one.
1: I would honestly say that that, uh, you know, buy the nicer version of something applies to most things in your house. Uh, you don't really want to go cheap if you can't. You know what I mean? Like, you want to – yeah. Because uh, I've gone cheap. Like, I'm sitting in a chair that is cheap from from Ikea that cost $25. Now I'm really regretting it. There's
0: generally, like, a cutoff, right, where you get to a certain point and then things like, okay, how much nicer is this really one, this one, right? Yeah. Like, like, okay, say a mountain bike. You can buy a $100 Huffy, a $1,000 Trek, or a $10,000 I don't even know what. Mm-hmm. Get the get like get the thousand dollar one and you're probably okay. You don't need to go all the way up. Like there's diminishing returns, but generally get the slightly nicer one. I, actually, a,
1: I, I had to learn that. Actually, I, I was the the cheap guy my entire no, life right, too. until I met my wife. And then what's she the was,
0: dumbest the dumbest cheap purchase you've ever made?
1: Probably the I mean I, there's several items, but probably the shit that I would or the the, the shit that I would buy knowing that like it wasn't gonna last so i just have to keep replacing it in a month you know what i mean mm. like like uh like I, I never bought real plates until i met my wife i always had like those plastic plates like the hard plastic that break really easy like why did not yeah. i just buy real plates why didn't i just spend 90 bucks to buy a, a nice plate set you know what i mean wow. that was that was one example that is incredibly
0: lame That's what pretty- were you doing to the plates? Like what are you doing that you're ruining a plate? Are you just I mean hosing it off at the car wash? Like with a power <laughs> like what are you doing that you're going do you stab food as hard as possible? Like how are you as an adult ruining a plate?
1: Well, I mean, you've seen me eat. Uh so, but still. Uh I mean, there various things over the years. Most were alcohol related. Um you know, like, like rather,
0: what like you're throwing them, you're trying to juggle them, like what were you doing that you, them, kept you going
1: through plates crack 'em, you know you're uh you put them in the microwave. <laughs> it's like that uh, that was just one example though I mean uh, another example is is like uh remote controls for like video game systems or anything or mm. chairs or you know there's all kinds of examples
0: yeah none of them should be plates i agree with your thing but i'm just not like you know what's something you should always spend more money on plates get you some nice dinnerware
1: well i mean you should okay. you should i'm listen all you single guys or women out
0: there i would eat off a fucking table if i could get away with it
1: but you but you can't and you know that i can't no did that did that table set ever arrive
0: no, that's been, that purchase was, I was, managed to avoid that purchase. Oh, well. She bought a car instead. So goddamn Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All
1: right, my number one uh, is just uh, that, that failing in life is okay. It should actually be expected. Man, my
0: number one is kind of the same thing. My number one is if somebody tells you you have a stupid idea, you're probably on to something. Wow. When someone says you have a dumb idea, you should definitely do it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't necessarily thinking like that, but that goes. Ah, uh, that's all encompassing. With failing is alright, and you're gonna fail so much at every mm. step of your life.
0: Probably ninety percent of your life is failure. It's kind of yeah. crazy to think about how much of your life is failure.
1: Well, on that note, I couldn't think of a better way to end our hundred and fifty fiftieth episode.
0: Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and I want to thank you so much for supporting us. Like we mentioned a little bit, this is our 150th episode. It's kind of surprising that it lasted this long. We've got no plans to stop, but it's still like, man, we've been doing this for a while. And it's interesting to look back at some of those first shows and just like, man, man, they were so bad. Like, so bad. Just awful. So I want, to thank, I want to thank everybody who listens for sticking with us. Because we really do appreciate it.
2: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death